Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Well, I had the chance to talk with Christian apologist Lee Strobel earlier this year at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention about the concept of a new film about the certainty of heaven. On this edition of the Intersection Podcast, coinciding with the streaming debut of the movie, I got the chance to revisit that subject. You'll be hearing from that conversation. Then, Stephen Iacoboni is an oncologist who has been involved in establishing multiple clinics. He has also studied the concept of how order and design that we see in creation demonstrates the purpose of our Creator God. Learn more about that coming up. And on this edition of the Intersection Podcast, it's a pro-life OBGYN doctor, Ingrid Scott, who serves with Charlotte Lozier Institute. She was a recent Meeting House guest and shared unique insight regarding medical facts on abortion, countering erroneous information that has been shared in the aftermath of the U.S. Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Following that decision, Mary Zock of Family Research Council shared her insight on a way forward for the pro-life movement, consistent with her online writing on practical steps that can be taken to promote the sanctity of life. You'll be hearing from her ahead. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Noted Christian apologist Lee Strobel was back on The Meeting House recently to discuss a film based on his book, The Case for Heaven. He shared about his own motivation for relating the subject matter and offered a Christian perspective on the afterlife and the place where the Bible teaches that Christians will reside for eternity. The movie is now available for streaming at pureflix.com. Here now from that recent Meeting House conversation is Lee Strobel. As they say, I was a skeptic when I first investigated Christianity, and what brought me to faith was the historical data concerning the resurrection of Jesus. I believe it's convincing that he not only claimed to be the Son of God, but he backed up that claim by returning from the dead. Therefore, his testimony about the afterlife is um, extremely relevant. Um, He created the afterlife. Mm. We ought to listen to him. And he talks about it, uh, both heaven and hell. And so I think his credibility, because of the evidence we have for his identity of being the Son of God, is, you know, uh, unquestionable. And and we ought to look at that. Um, And, of course, the Bible is clear that our pathway to heaven is not based on good deeds that we do or trying to, you know, somehow earn our way to salvation. It's a free gift. Um, of God's grace. Jesus went to the cross. He died as our substitute to pay for the, the sins that we've committed and offers forgiveness and eternal life as a free gift of his grace that we need to receive in a prayer of repentance and faith. And when we do that, we become a child of God who has confidence that we're going to spend eternity with him forever. Well, as we look at the guest lineup. I guess you could call it the cast of this film, The Case for Heaven. There are a number of notable names. There are a couple of of them that actually stick out to me. One of those being the late Luis Palau. Now, I would imagine, and tell me this, let me back up just a moment. The the people that appear in the film, did they also appear in the book by and large, or did it end Uh, up being... Some of them did, and some didn't. Uh, uh, I interviewed Luis for the book, and I tape recorded that interview with audio tape. And um, uh, it was right before he died. He knew he was dying. And I wanted to interview someone who was dying so that um, I could get the, the, what their thoughts about heaven. 
course, he shared his faith with a billion people during his lifetime. Mm-hmm. He was a well-known evangelist. And um, I just have a beautiful interview with him in my book. But then he died before we were able to get the video, uh, uh, the interview on video. And so in the movie, you actually hear his voice. Uh, we play the audio tape of my interview with him, parts of that, during the movie. And uh, so you actually hear his voice right before he died talking about heaven and his anticipation of heaven and his desire to reunite, for instance, with his father who died when Luis was just 10 years old and um, um, his desire to uh, meet Jesus and and, and worship him forever. And it's just a very moving interview. And um, uh, I I just am inspired by his um, confidence and courage as he faced death. What do you think that if you had to describe what Luis Palau brought to not only the book, but mm. also the film, what would you say, just yeah. how would you summarize his contribution? Well, one of the things he said, I said, when you're after you're in heaven, if you could send a text message back to people, to Christians in the world, what do you think it would say? And he kind of smiled and he said, I think it would say, go for it. I, I said, what do you mean? He said, go for it. Share this good news with someone. Now, the Holy Spirit is your ally. He'll convict them of their sin. You just need to tell them the good news that there is hope, there is redemption, there is eternal life, there is a free gift of grace that's available to anyone who comes to Christ in repentance and faith. And so he was really adamant about encouraging people to to share the good news with others. What would you say would be the the main conclusions and was there Mm. anything about your own perspective that changed as a result of your investigation? Well, it certainly strengthened my own faith uh, to do this investigation. I think the conclusions are uh, three things. Number one, um, the good news is that heaven is real. Number two, the bad news is that hell is real. And number three, the best news of all is that the door of heaven has been flung open by God to anyone who comes to him through Jesus Christ. The founding director of the Lee Strobel Center for Evangelism and Applied Apologetics at Colorado Christian University, Lee Strobel, from a recent conversation on the Meeting House program. You can learn more about the film at thecaseforheavenmovie.com or at pureflix.com. Well, I had the chance recently to talk with noted oncologist Stephen Iacoboni. He is the author of a book entitled Telos, The Scientific Basis for a Life of Purpose. In our conversation, he talked about how the concept of order and design that we see in creation demonstrates the purpose of our Creator God. Here now from that conversation is Stephen Iacoboni. Telos is a word uh, from the Greek, ancient Greek, and None other than perhaps the greatest ancient philosopher of all time, Aristotle, used that word to um, define his uh, philosophy, which was that everything in life has a purpose. And telos, translated, means the end as it was intended. So, for example, the end result of an acorn is to grow into an oak tree, and the end a uh, result of a fertilized egg is to turn into a human being. And um, the end result of everything that you do is uh, determined by the purpose that pervades our lives. And even though Aristotle was 500 years or so before the birth of Christ, he realized that everything in life, in nature, has a purpose. And so he gave it that name. Now, uh, I was taught the atheism. I was taught, well, it looks like things have a purpose, just like it looks like the sun goes around the earth. Uh, 
But in fact, the sun does not go around the earth. And in fact, everything doesn't have a purpose. Uh, we're all just here as a biochemical accident, and we have to make the best of it. Um, and there is no ultimate purpose in the world or our existence. And of course, that's a frightening thought. Hmm. Uh, and I wanted to find out for myself whether it's true or not. And as a scientist, I decided, because that's my field, I'm not a cleric, I'm not really a philosopher. As a scientist, I had to look at the world of science and see what it teaches us. And what it teaches us, glaringly and without equivocation, everywhere you look, is that everything in life is devoted to purpose. And purpose means intention, meaning there was a plan for something to come out a certain way. And things can only come out an intended way. You can only get an intended result if there is an intender, if there is a mind or a spirit behind that purpose that makes it happen. And so when you get up in the morning, you don't um, put on goggles and a wetsuit and go to work. You put on shoes and pants and brush your teeth and get in your car. And when it's raining outside, you grab an umbrella because you know that that item has a purpose. And when a three-inch fingerling salmon fry goes out into the Columbia River, it travels 8,000 miles over five years getting fat, and it finds its way back to its river of origin, and it gives birth, or it give, it it, um, it um, puts out either eggs or uh, semen and creates new life before its life ends, and everything it does is purposeful, and every single animal and every single plant uh, behaves this way. You don't see creatures in the wild fooling around, wasting their time, other than animals at the top of the food chain, like a, um, a pack of lions who have already fulfilled their bellies, but ants and birds and smaller animals are constantly scurrying around to fulfill purpose, and this purpose permeates life. Any Hmm. child or any other person can walk outside and see it going on. Uh, and then I realized there has to be something or someone that intended all of this. And then when you study, since I, what I do for a living is I study human anatomy, human physiology, the exquisite behavior of even tiny little mindless molecules to make every moment of your life real can only come from the greatest designer one could imagine. And so I said, I, it, this is proof of God, period. Hmm. Stephen Iacoboni here on the Intersection Podcast. You can learn more by visiting the website, Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Iacoboni, I-A-C-O-B-O-N-I, StephenIacoboni.com. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House, and you can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. When you visit the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast and the Meeting House radio program. You can also link to the Intersection Podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. And you can connect to video content. Plus, two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. You can also follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. 
Again, you can go to meetinghouseonline.info or visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations from the Meeting House can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and other podcast platforms. Well, the intersection continues now with a pro-life OBGYN doctor. Her name is Ingrid Scott. She serves as Senior Fellow and Director of Medical Affairs at the Charlotte Lozier Institute. In a recent Meeting House conversation, she provided medical facts regarding abortion in the aftermath of the Dobbs ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court in light of erroneous information circulating following the decision. Here now from that conversation is Ingrid Skop. It is well known to anybody who works in this space that, that the data regarding abortion is very flawed. We have no mandatory reporting on numbers of abortions, complications of abortions, or deaths related to abortions. The CDC analyzes a death if it happens to come to their attention on a death certificate, but many of the deaths associated with abortion are mental health deaths. They're women who commit suicide, women who engage in high risk-taking behavior because of how they feel about what they've done, and women who die of substance abuse and overdose. Those are not picked up at all. Um, When we look at um, very good studies from the Scandinavian countries where they know every death, every medical procedure, every abortion, every childbirth, and when we do records linkage studies, and, and there have been dozens of studies done, and every single one of those studies shows that a woman is far more likely, usually between two and four times more likely, to die in a given year after an abortion than she is after childbirth. And the rate of suicide is astronomically high, six times. And the rate of homicide of being killed by a domestic partner is at least 10 times higher for a woman who has an abortion. So I think it it, it demonstrates that um, women um, suffer mentally from these abortions, socially from Mm. abortions. And in fact, studies have even shown that they are more likely to die of other health problems like a cardiovascular issue perhaps because of the chronic stress that abortion places on a woman's body. But um, Sotomayor is just quoting the talking points that she's been given by the abortion industry. They love that study, but that study cannot be replicated because it is terribly flawed. One of the areas in which this misinformation has been spread, and you've actually responded to this online, and it has to do with misinformation regarding the area of ectopic pregnancy. And this is something that seems to be getting some play. It's getting some traction. So tell me how you see this This is being used and the type of information that's surrounding that topic. Well, I think the, the reality is they know they cannot win on the issue alone because the majority of Americans, when polled, um, will they express great um, – concern about abortion, and they would like to see it limited, Um, in most cases, limited only to the hard cases of saving the mother's life. Um, Sometimes they want it limited after within the first trimester, but very few Americans want abortion the way it currently is in our country, where it can be done for almost any reason up until birth. So so they have to play on people's heartstrings by um, insinuating that women will die or will suffer um, because of these laws. We all recognize pro-life legislation seeks to protect the life of the baby in the uterus, but it does not 
um, want to harm the woman. Every law on the books, every state-level law that is currently in effect or going to be placed in effect allows an exception to save the life of the woman. An ectopic pregnancy is not in the uterus, so actually it doesn't even, this. it's not an abortion. It's not, it cannot, um, generally it's in the fallopian tubes, and it cannot live to be a live-born child. It will die, but in the process, it may stretch the tube, it may cause the tube to rupture, and that is a catastrophic event, and many women have died of that. No OB-GYN, regardless of how pro-life they are, will refuse to treat an ectopic. That has been the case the 30 years that I've been practicing. It has not changed. Nothing has changed except the fact that in order to scare people into opposing pro-life laws, the abortion industry is suddenly insinuating that that's the case. But every law specifically says you can save a woman's life, and most of the laws specifically mention ectopic pregnancy by name as an exemption. Ingrid Scop here on The Intersection. You can find the Charlotte Lozier Institute online by going to Lozier, L-O-Z-I-E-R, institute.org. Well, finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, it's the director of the Center for Human Dignity at Family Research Council. Her name is Mary Zock. And she discussed with me a number of pro-life action steps that can be taken in response to the U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Her story, on which the conversation was based, can be found on the Washington Stand website that is the news arm of Family Research Council. Here now from that conversation is Mary Zock. When we hear, you know, what what are the choices that women are thinking about when they find themselves unexpectedly pregnant? The order that we know from pulling on this, that the order of what women think of is parenting or abortion is one, one or two. And then adoption is always a far third. Mm. And so this is something that we have to work to change. And, and we work to change this by, by, by being open to adoption, by putting forward the stories of wonderful families who have adopted unborn children, and by recognizing the sacrifice that a birth mom makes, that, that sometimes the best option that a birth mom has, the best way she can be a good mom is to make that choice to place her child for adoption. And, and we need to recognize that that is an enormous sacrifice one that will certainly involve suffering on her part, but one that, that is life-giving, that will bring other, that will help another child to thrive in this world. So each of us in the pro-life movement needs to pray about how we're called to support adoption. Not everyone is called to be an adoptive parent, But everyone is called to be supportive in some way, whether that is speaking positively about adoption or assisting a family who has adopted or assisting a birth mom. There there are lots of ways that we can support adoption in in our daily life. Um, And each of us in the pro-life movement is called to do that. You give a great overview in this latest article about what these pregnancy resource centers do. So comment, if you would, on the importance of these centers. 
Well, as you said, there there are countless, well, not countless, there's there's over 2,700 pregnancy resource centers around our country serving about 2 million people. And, and these centers are places that women can go to have real options. I love the story that one pregnancy resource center director told to me of sitting at a, at a, event held in her city and and she was it was an event for women and resource on resources for women and she was seated next to a woman from the local planned parenthood and they went around the table to give introductions and the planned parenthood woman said you know i support uh women i help them achieve their dreams and i give them access to the uh to abortion so that they can pursue you know a, a college degree that they so that they can pursue a career so that they can plan their future and the pregnancy resource center director went next and she said i too provide resources for women but here's how i do it i provide them with housing so that they can pursue their degree alongside their child I provide them with mentoring so that they can graduate from college while someone else watches their child. I provide them with job coaching so that they can have a successful career to, to then support themselves and their child. That's how pregnancy resource centers give women options. They don't eliminate a person to create a future for a woman. They allow that woman to create her future alongside her child. Mary Zock here on The Intersection. You can find the Washington Stand article through WashingtonStand.com. The Family Research Council website is FRC.org. We are nearing the conclusion of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You will find links from that Meeting House homepage to The Intersection Podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. You can also get connected to video content. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Thanks for joining me for this edition of The Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.